Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. This is part two of our Ireland golf trip debrief. Uh, if you are in the car and driving and just clicking on their, your most recent episode, if you missed part one, I would recommend you go back to that. We are going to flow right into the back half of our trip. This episode is going to contain Tralee, Karn, County Sligo, and Ennis Crone. Um, and in, in part one, we kind of debrief on and kind of detail on why we took the trip, what what our highlights were of Irish golf. And then I think in this, in this back half, we are just going to talk about these final five courses and then wrap it up at that. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, stay tuned. Taurus Sauce Season 4 coming soon. I'm not willing to share the date on it just yet. Hopefully, it's before the end of this month. We have a lot to do in the meantime, but I promise it is coming soon. Uh, before we get to that, if you guys didn't catch it, I mentioned this in Part 1 as well, but Golf WRX just released their best drivers of 2019. As you might imagine, Callaway dominated. The Epic Flash drivers set the standard in every single swing speed category. So whatever your swing speed is, you can say it out loud right now if you want to. Whatever it is, the Epic Flash is the best driver in the market for 95 miles an hour to 105 miles an hour. It's for 106 miles an hour and up. It's the best. And as well for 94 miles per hour and below. You can visit CallawayGolf.com to find out more about it. You already know about the artificial intelligence, machine learning. It's redefined what's achievable for ball speed and distance. Only driver to receive 20 out of 20 stars in the 2019 Golf Digest Hot List. It's the number one selling driver model in the United States and the number one driver across all major worldwide tours in 2019. Unbelievable domination. It just seems to get better and better every single year, and uh, the results show it. CallawayGolf.com for more information. Without further delay, here is part two, the final part of our Ireland debrief. Cheers. All right, four more courses to go. Next up on our list was Tralee. Tron, why don't you uh, break down Tralee for us? I love Tralee. I, I was quite taken by everybody had kind of shit on the on the front nine. Said, "Oh, it's the best back nine. God designed the back nine. You know, Arnold, Arnold Palmer, Palmer designed the front. Yeah. Mr. Palmer. Mr. Palmer did a great job. Uh, shout out Randy. There, I know that's important that we use the proper nomenclature." Uh, we played a lot of historic courses on this trip, and Tralee does not fit that bill. And it was actually, and it's not a new course either. It was built kind of in the dark like, ages. 1984. So despite that, it turned out really well, despite the Orwellian vibes there. Yeah, tough year there, huh? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, really the first, like the first hole, uh, first hole was good. Second hole was this dogleg right par five that just absolutely like I loved it. I thought it was one of the better par fives we played the whole trip. When you say dog leg right, like dog legging around an ocean. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it was sick. And you could use the slopes along the left to let the ball run out down the right. There were walls along, like there were there were cool walls along all the all, all the greens. Um, uh, infrastructure. Infrastructure, which you know you you guys know I love that. They're building a big seawall down there, down by the uh down by the water. Shout out climate. I yeah, I don't think that was because it looks cool. No. <laughs> that was a keep Keep the water and sand off the green. <laughs> well, I think the actually the bogeyman asked for it 
because his house is off of number three. Yeah. Right. Right. The he old, lives right in the little tower. Yeah, the little castle. Um, apparently, I think they do some some Irish lads do some nefarious things in that castle. The lads. Really? Yeah. I thought six was a gray hole. Oh, personally. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really. DJ's just chopping. Why, at the why, I thought six was probably probably the least interesting hole, but I happened to, to hoop one from but one eighty seven. Oop. No, you made up that I said oop. You I said ooped hoop. it. You tried to oop it. Hoop. Is it? Does that distance uh, one keep, hop into the green? That does that fun. distance keep getting longer the further away from the trip we get? I thought it was like one forty seven originally. Now it's one eighty seven. No, it's be like two fifty. It was a six wood. iron for sure. Like what down club did, exactly? Yeah, what one forty seven hit. Six iron. Thank you. Yeah, one hopping in. I think that's my longest hole out of all time. There you go. Uh, number eight on the front nine as well. Number eight was fantastic. Um, kind of a dogleg left, moderately. Like everybody thinks a cape hole is off the tee. So you would think. Everybody oh, thinks a cape hole is like a hole that just bends <laughs> around the water. Is it bends a cape with hole. Water, yeah. yeah. Um, but, it, you know, not really a cape hole, but just kind of the, the characteristics of a lot that you've seen that. Off the tee and then into the green, like you, you, you could basically hit anything from from a six iron off the tee to a driver and try to get it up close to the green. Um, There's th- so much risk trying to hit driver though because it gets so skinny up there and everything runs the way things run down the left. Like I, that was one of my favorite tee shots I hit. I think mm-hmm. I hit four iron. I can't remember what you hit, Tron. I know we played together. I can't remember if you hit driver. I think I hit three wood. Or three wood, yeah. And you were, had kind of I don't know if the wind was going that way or what, but had kind of blown it up on the hill and had like a tough angle. All of a sudden downhill running away from you just a really really cool place whereas if you laid back it was kind of almost got easier depending on like because of where that pin was so it was just i could see that changing completely from day to day which is always a cool thing and if you take on the water like you get to a more level spot in the fairway totally. and you can get around that mound that protects the front right i think so like when you get there you go out the clubhouse and like you left is the front nine and it's like clearly the less dramatic landscape and to the right are huge dunes, uh, which was what we saw a lot on this trip. But so immediately people are just drawn to the dunes and think like the back nine. And the back nine is great, but it leads people to shit on the front nine. And we walked away from that like, like after th- through nine holes, like you guys that hadn't seen it before, were like, wait, that was the bad side? <laughs> like what the yeah? What and, the hell? And, and I'm not saying that the front nine was better by any stretch. I mean, the back no. nine was clearly superior. But yeah, everybody like versus expectations. It yeah, was, it was certainly punched well above its weight and then you get to the back and it's like oh shit this is sweet for somebody who did like pretty much a lot of shitty golf in the united states to have nailed the course in ireland and have irish people respect it i mean i would imagine natural instinct when a new course comes up american designer that like guard would be up and you know want to shit on it but everyone there just talked about how brilliant it was well they had a the club there had a a course on another piece of land correct Mm mm-hmm and then they and then they built this, and then just because they had kind of outgrown yeah. that other one. There's a lot. There's more to the story that I don't know, but so yeah, something like so that. So as far as the actual club goes, it seemed like it was. I had a tough time, kind of figuring out what the, what the vibe was. Was it a visitors' club? Was it a local club? It just felt like it was kind of in the, in the in between. It's definitely visitors. It's a that's a that's a hot spot for people to go. I mean, it's they, there's they, a lot of bus parking there. They do a lot of business at that place, and they should. I mean, it's it's w- definitely a well worth stop, and it's close by. I mean, it's close to like Bally Bun. Like if you're going to Bally Bunyan, there's absolutely no reason not to go to Truly. I mean, it's you'd be missing out. And Waterville. Yeah, I mean that whole hotbed. We kind of jumped around between Bally Bunyan and Truly. How how close are they? Uh, they're about. Maybe forty-five minutes driving. Okay. I think because we went down. Yeah, right? we kinda, went down yeah I didn't even realize I didn't think almost, about that. Yeah. yeah, on a map, 
they're they look really close, but it's like yeah. you got to come inland and then go back outward. But it's I mean those two should be a package deal. Like my dad and I played them on the same day, one day. I mean in like October when there wasn't that much daylight, they were that close. I'd also like to call out the uh, Mr. Palmer statue. I thought well, most of these courses have like a statue of you know Bally Bunyan's got Tom Watson, and and I thought his statue Mr. was Mr. Watson was really really fitting of Arnold just as just alpha power stance. Mr. Palmer, yeah, like looking over his creation. It was. It spoke to me. What's the best? What's the best statue in golf? Well, I mean, my I'd put that one up there. It's got to be the Payne Stewart one, right? Pinehurst. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's going to be tough to beat. That's going to be. But I, I agree. I think the, that Palmer one. I would put. I, I thought it could. It could punch with anybody. We went past. There was, a, the... there was a Trump one at Dunebag. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, we went past the, the Bill Clinton statue. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's Where right. was that? That was in. Uh, I think it was in Valley Bunyan. It is in Valley Bunyan. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's in the town. Yeah, and that's it, right. That's right. <laughs> that was yeah. That was strange. Then there's the he goat. came and visited. And, Where and, was the goat statue in that town? Where they like? Oh gosh, I can't remember the, the, the goat celebration. The name of the town where they would have that weird goat celebration that they Mike would beat was up the about. goat. There were some conflicting reports of what anymore. they would what they would do to the goat. Do but. you know why that is? <laughs> Uh, well, well, I think we should talk about the back nine. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, ready to move up. <laughs> so uh, 10, 10, you kind of go down the hill towards the dunes. Tron glossed it uh, Eamon's Corner, I believe. E-A-M-O-N. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that was Coin that, that glossed it that. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was Charles Tron. That was yeah. TC the Younger. Uh, yeah, 10, 11, 12 was, was pretty spectacular. 11? At 13 was the best of all of them. I was going to say. <laughs> I, I well, corner's only three holes. Started calling that Mr. Palmer Schwanz. Just, just 11? The, yeah, just the maybe the girthiest par five of that's, all time. That's, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, for sure. <laughs> we can take that offline. <laughs> I'm glad you used Mr. Palmer, though. Huh? I'm glad you said Mr. Palmer. <laughs> I, for, for sure. Was 12 the one that goes down, down the hill to like the green that kind of... Yeah. Let's do them one at a time here, right? Yeah. I mean, ten was—I thought ten was spectacular. Just a stout par four, such a like beefy par four, especially after you're kind of. Somebody got ejected. I got ejected. Yeah, I, I think sick. I was like even on the front, and then just got nuked. Because I think you, I went like tripled it. Yeah. I think I what Russell Westbrook to the next the we, next two. We were playing pretty good golf, so I think our we expectations were, yeah, exactly. were elevated. Yeah, just a beefy, lengthy par four that death bunker on the left-hand side, but then the further right you go, the more you're, you're playing to an uphill green uh, that kind of runs away from you as well. That was... Death bunker on the right, Death too. bunker on the right. Uh, and then 11 was the par 5, right? Yeah. Straight up the hill. Dead straight par 5, but it... it God, the day that we played it, it felt like he was playing 800 yards up the hill. Probably not the most interesting hole, but unique. I don't think I've played yeah. very many par 5s like uh, that. And visually... Um, intimidating. It was like a, which I I like think those, those kinds of holes are cool. It was like the Winter X Games. Yeah, played up the you expected sway to be up at the top of the <laughs> up at the top of the half pipe up there. You did. <laughs> you guys didn't feel they, that way, huh? Yeah. You know what? When I'm in Ireland, I'm not expecting sway. To be <laughs> I don't know. It was it was like a half pipe. That's we what just tried to it. convey. He was there the week before. So <laughs> he's one of those people that tweets. God, just missed you guys. Yeah. I actually shanked one on eleven. My third shot that went backwards. That was that was amazing. Wasn't that that was? Pretty you had sweet. like seventy yards and you shanked it so bad. I think you had like and then hit the, like the shank hit the wind. And <laughs> yeah. went, it went back like it went down the hill. Yeah, it went back like to one hundred and twenty. <laughs> Uh, and then 12 was the par 4 12 down the hill, right? 12 and 13 grotesque. that is like maybe my uh, it's like 4, 5, and 6 at La Hinch 
are like we're a set, and then twelve, thirteen at Tralee were like maybe my t- like favorite two hole stretch on the whole trip. I mean, it's awesome par four down to this. It's like an almost like a peninsula island green yeah. where you have this hero carry over this enormous dip, and like it's built on top of the dune basically. I think. And it's like a, it, if you had a good drive, it's only like a little wedge in. But like if you miss that green, like short or left, you are is gone. And like it the, keeps cutting away to to down the left. So the the more you go to pin down the left, the more you're taking on. It, it should be yeah, driver flip wedge. Uh, I snap hooked my tee shot, so I had three wood into that green, which is a tough. <laughs> that's a tough. It's a tough ask. Yeah. Um, and then thirteen, just a hero carry again over a huge cavern. I don't know what it's probably like. I don't know how to measure this, but it's 70, yeah. 80 foot drop down to the bottom of that of the of the, the cavern that you have to carry. I think that's what's so cool about the Irish dunes compared to the Scottish dunes as well is that you get so you get such dramatic drop offs. Yeah. You know, it, like it looks like it was all built with like a big excavator, and it's it's not like the the dunes are just so much more uh, like inconsistent or whatever you want to say. Like they're so much more rugged, rugged, and kind of like arbitrary like you get those huge depressions and huge mounds and we'll talk about that at Karn and stuff too i'm sure but yeah that was that that's where you know kind of harkening back to a little bit of what we talked about at dunebag it just didn't feel like a lot of that stuff was used in the way it was used at a place like truly mm-hmm. you know where it, it takes a lot of vision to be able to see like okay here's you know, here's an unusable piece of land, but what if we worked around it and used the dunes like to an advantage rather than shout out away God? From well, I was gonna say, shout out to God. I was gonna say God was the designer, <laughs> right? So. Exactly. So he had a plan for the for the thing all along. Well, thirteen was uh, that's probably their um, signature hole. There's yeah, you could argue like right. you could debate it. There's I, I feel, about four more on the back. I feel like it's it, another one visually where because of that like eighty foot drop. Um, it's almost like playing to a shell. Like it's just this flat green. The yeah. green is it's all it's very inviting um, if you can clear all this. And there's a bit of a backstop behind yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're just like, oh, I just gotta hit a solid wedge here or nine iron, whatever it, it was. Kind of reminded me of the just a more extreme version of the mass hole. Yeah, yeah, you can see that. Similar, yeah. you know, just flat, flattish green, yeah. dune behind, but similar chasm in front. Just, just the dramatic effect extreme. though of having the dune as the backdrop behind the green and also the cavern that you're that you're trying to carry like the double. I love a, sh- a good shot like to a, a green set underneath a dune. I think it was that's also, awesome. Yeah. It was also slightly uphill too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of like even just being just messes with your eye th- and you know, ball two, flight three, and four feet above you can't really see the green as well and it, yeah, just, just that little variable messes with you so much. I think it really, this is a weird segue, but it really reminded me when the dunes get really wild and, and shapely like that, and it reminds me of like what it looks like at Streamsong, which is why just talking to a couple people there, it's like if they're going to add a, a fourth course there, I would be shocked if it's not like an Irish style links like that. Cause that's what it, it feels like you, you very rarely ever see anything even close to that in America. And that seems like the one place that it could kind of be replicated a little bit over here. We'll see if the cat can replicate that. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that rumor is shout out to died the phosphate mines. <laughs> shout out to yeah the mosaic group and the yeah. phosphate mines. So then fourteen was doesn't really stick out in my mind all that. Uh, fourteen much. was pretty sweet. It's, actually, was I was good. I'm part, I was to go to war for fourteen. That was one of my favorites. Really? That was a kind of yeah. like split, split fairway split with the fairway. two different levels. Huge that, that kicker to the right. Yeah, yeah. And, and the green falls off to the left. The hole is sweet. Yeah. yeah, and I it's good I, scenery too because you're kind of coming downhill, mm-hmm. and then the, the uh, after you get around 13's backstop dune, you kind of the ocean kind of reveals itself. Well, so I felt like with the the two fairways, 
it was kind of obvious which one to go at, and the other one was just kind of well. It could be depending on where the pin is. It might be different. I mean, if it's back right, you may want to go to the left and whatnot. The split fairway wasn't the best part. I thought the kicker and the approach shot of that green was was awesome. It was a good green. Yeah, and then and then fifteen <laughs> drivable fifteenth hole, like set a green again, just kind of surround it. It's a risky drive because it's like if you go and miss the green, you're probably in the dunes somewhere and might be losing golf. That was not a sure. green light special. <laughs> no. And then uh, 16 par three. It, it's cool. I guess one kind of minor, minor issue I had with the greens was like all the par threes were just like a perfect oval green. Like there just wasn't a ton of intrigue in like the shape of the green. And I thought 16 is like a really cool setting. And then the green's just kind of like a perfect little oval. Listen, you can, you know, God's got a suggestion box. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, tithe, I'll put that in with my tithe on Sundays. Well, um, that's kind of for the whole back nine, maybe not all of it, but it did feel like the intrigue or um, the focus was the actual hole and the dunes and, like, the crazy drop-offs. And then it was like once you made it to the green, it was, like, pretty flat yeah. for the most part compared to other places we played. Yeah, which is fine. <clears throat> Randy, what did you think? Oh, I agree with you guys. I don't. I don't have much to add. <laughs> uh, seventeen, I don't have eighteen, newer. Take us home. Seventeen uphill, like dog legging to the right, par four. It's only like three hundred thirty, three hundred fifty yards, something within that, depending on what tee you play. And it's super. I mean, a pretty much blind approach shot. It's kind of an awkward tee shot, and then you go up another over like a huge dip in this this super elevated green. Uh, which is like one of the more one of the more picturesque holes. You get up to the top of that one, and you can see basically it's the highest point on the property. You can see everything, and uh, and then yeah, eighteen par five just coming right up the hill takes Send you home. It. Yeah, I mean it's it, I could sit and talk. We just did talk about every single hole in the back nine. It really is a genius back nine, and then four or five good, really good standout holes on that front nine too. It's I like this course. This was one that I was kind of most nervous, not nervous to come back to, but kind of like. Yeah, this one might disappoint a little bit, and this exceeded my first experience there by like big time. Like the, the more I've kind of seen a lot other golf courses and learned about course design and links and stuff, I was even more impressed with that the second time around. Fun fact: uh, one of the guys who worked on Trilly, Harrison Minshew, is the same guy who uh, just redid our our home course, Jack's Beach. So. There's a lot of similar features, and a lot of similar yeah. topography. Same over dude. We Trilly. didn't talk about 18. What do you want to talk about 18? We did not talk about 18. I just said it's par five up the hill, taking us home. Oh. Well, I think we'd... What would you like to add? That I thought that was probably the weakest hole in the back nine. Probably. Yeah. So yeah. 9 and 18 both... should get off scot-free. I feel like you see a lot of that with dunes courses like this. you got to get like, back to the clubhouse. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they turn into connectors. 9 and 18 both had uh, like a minefield of fairway bunkers. I thought 9 was way better. They were kind of haphazardly so placed. Cool. For sure. Yeah. Because that was one of the things that was missing a little bit with Irish Lynx golf versus Scottish was... The fairway bunkers, there just wasn't as much strategy or placement off the tee. There's just not as much width in a lot of places as you see in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's like it's it's not as easy to put, you know, some really cool centerline bunkers or cross bunkers or whatever because you just don't have as much place to hit it. Plus, a lot of these courses were built kind of more recently. Weird, yeah. weird era. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, I, I think about that a lot. It was just kind of like, it was way, not way too often, but like we were able to reach for driver with pretty much no fear in it for most of the time, which is like Scotland. You're like, well, I, if I hit driver here, I'm going to run out into that bunker, which is the most, I think the most fun part of Scotland golf yeah, is like I agree. trying to think about like knowing the run out, having to predict fort, is it going to run out 40 yards, 60 yards and all that? Yeah, all these, I don't know if it's intentional or just 
kind of the way the way it worked out. But a lot of these courses feel a lot more, uh, you know, group travel friendly yes. than than some of the Scottish mm-hmm. Scottish type courses. I mean, it feels like you're hopping on a bus and going from one to the next to the next, and they're all different, but there's a lot of common threads. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to our next one. This one might take us a while to get through. Uh, Karn, DJ, why don't you take us there? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'll say this is pr- probably the most unlike anything that we played on this trip, and maybe the most unlike anywhere I've I've ever been. Uh, it was completely completely rugged, even though it opened uh, for play in 1992. Was the first year that that uh, the first nine opened. It was an Eddie Hackett design, and, I believe, his last. And we drove like four hours. We away. drove way out of the way to get there, and it's it's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's not on the way to it's to in anything. Bell Mullet. It's in Bell Mullet, way up. Uh, it's way up north, north of where we were. It's more. It's kind of still in the middle of the country, but way north of where we were. Yeah. And the roads are not the most connecting. Out Mike, there. the driver, was he was locked in that day. He was he was much less chatty because the roads were a little a little windier, a little little smaller. Well, there could be trees down. There could be trees down. We need to leave an hour early. Uh, <laughs> but we got there and. Probably the, I mean, definitely the best uh, hospitality that we got, and I think I don't say that because you know everybody is is uh, fluffing the NLU boys. I'm saying that because you go there and there's just not a lot of people there, and the people who are there are the people who you know run the place and are so happy to see people who have gone out of their way to make the trip, and they will make it a very personal, very warm, awesome experience and I, I think we definitely got that in spades so just kind of logistics history here uh it, it took a long time like a lot of these courses it took a long time for them to buy buy up all the land up there in uh in Belmola. and uh, this this sounds like a joke but talking to some people up there to put it in context some of the some of the farmers and stuff they're talking about trying to trying to buy this land in the late 80s and stuff and trying to piece all this stuff together and back then some of the farmers are talking about how like no you can't put a golf course there because like the leprechauns live there like you can't <laughs> develop that land because that's like th- their home and that's Everybody like see leprechauns say hey yeah. Yeah. and so uh, obviously that's not, go that. you know indicative of the entire area but like running into those types of folks and stuff it's like that's that's what we're talking about we're, we're off the grid up here and so it took a long time for them to finally piece together all this land, they knew how good it was for a golf course. The street signs switch over to Gaelic. Yeah, when you get over exactly. This part it, of the it, that yeah. was the most feeling like we were in. You know, when you're in Ireland, you you obviously feel like you're in another country, but it's pretty comfortable for it's Americans yeah. <laughs> to be over there. And, and that was the most like like I said, that, that was the most we felt like we were away from home. So, uh, so you get up there, and Eddie Hackett they brought in, who's kind of a a legend in Irish. Irish golf design. I don't know how you. We were kind of comparing him to like James Braid of, of Scotland, probably. Well, just James kind of Braid was very. It was way more prolific. prolific. Yeah, but kind of doesn't get the. Do, yeah, just underrated. Exactly. Yeah, and and so, uh, Eddie Hackett came in, built nine at a time. First nine opened in ninety two. Second nine opened in ninety three. And it is just the most rugged, pure golf experience that you can ask for. I was shocked when. We played a few holes, and wait, I was like, wait, this was built in 92? I, I thought know. it was built in, like, oh, 1892. Exactly, for sure. It, it feels so old, and it just, I don't know, man. They they nailed, if you love pure golf, I mean, I wouldn't go there because the, you know, the comfort stations were great, or, uh, 
anything like that. But if you want to go there because you love like the soul of golf, I mean, this is put it at the tippy top of your list. It was another course where I felt like everybody built up the back nine so much. I thought the front nine held its yeah, own. Yeah. And, you know, it's a little bit flatter over there, four, five, six, but um, but there's some really cool, really cool greens and another bogeyman complex. Off of, I believe it was seven, the par three. Bogeyman has a summer house <laughs> on the right down in this uh, in this cave. The thing I remember about the first hole specifically is we didn't know like where to hit it. We almost because there's three nines. There's yeah, and right. they all kind of are the the first the tees for all of them are really close, and the, it's almost like a shared tee box for the Kilmore nine, which we'll get to. Yeah, and, like I was ready. To, I was like, oh, guys, I've been here before. Like we're going down that fairway. And it was the wrong fairway. <laughs> well, so, well, even, even like Mr. Ireland himself, yeah. Tom Coyne, like yeah. didn't. Yeah, he he would have had us going the wrong way. I think it, it was cool to be there with Coyne because uh, you know, a place like this that's so far out of the way, it's really hard for them to break through. You know, on you have all this American golf travel, and most of the people who are coming over, they know that they're supposed to play. You know, Old Head and Tralee and Waterville and Bally Bunyan and and all these courses. It's really hard to convince people. Like, no, 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 you should drive four hours out of the way to go up and play this place in the middle of nowhere that's super rugged and the greens are really slow. And which, it's the opposite of everything you've played, which I, I'm to gonna, me sounds like a perk. Like, that's. Yeah. I'm going to protest a little bit when everybody says it's so far out of the way. And I know it's all relative over there. And the same thing in Scotland. Everybody's like, oh man, like Dornick and Brora or Cullen or Cruden Bay, those are so far out of the way. And it's like, they're, we're, we're used to driving those distances and i know it's different in ireland when the roads are small but especially if you have yeah a driver or a shuttle or whatever um a i thought it was approachable and b it's like i thought we'll get to enniscrone and sligo but i thought those were i mean those were 45 minutes to an hour down the road and right you could you could add those courses in and have probably like uh, to me i'd go back i'd go back there in a heartbeat for sure yeah. the point being i think it's like the mistake I made when I went with my dad like three, three, three years ago is we played all those courses in the Southwest. And like my buddies, one of my Irish buddies, was like, you have to play Carn. It's the greatest golf course in the world. And I was like, okay, we're going. And we drove four hours there to play it and then four hours to Dublin to go home. Right. And our reaction was like, okay, like that was cool. I, I don't think I would have done that again. If I was to do an itinerary, it would be let's stay in that area. Stay, relax, and enjoy it, and you're not rushing out, and then also play the other courses in that area. That's what I'm saying. That yes. like, like, there's critical mass right. up there to where you can do, like, it's 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 like going up to... I think the Highlands is a good the comparison. Highlands. Yeah, yeah, totally. What I was going to say about about it kind of being out, out of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere or whatever, it was cool to be there with Coin because before his book came out, really, it, it, hadn't, it hadn't gotten a ton of press, and we were asking them, like, you know, where do... How do people hear about you? And they're like, it's literally, it's Tom Coyne's book. Like that's <laughs> that's why people come. He called and, it his favorite course in all of Ireland. Yeah, and so it's really cool to be there with him and see how much he loves it. And I think that shined through a ton. And I, hopefully that shines through on the episode a lot as well. I will say too, um, for context, Tom said outside of the very first time he played Carn, the weather that we got that day—that's yeah, totally was true. The best he had yeah. seen. Um, he said sometimes it can be you know spitting rain sideways uh which it can be that anywhere in the in the british isles but we caught it on like a absolutely gorgeous day which was cool yeah you combine that with the the ruggedness so i i felt like it was more hiking yeah with kind of golf 
in between. It felt like an activity more yeah. than it felt like golf. Yeah, and, and personally, really well I'm very attracted to that. I, I the I have never been to Old Head, <clears throat> but what I've started to think about is you kind of have two options once you're coming from the southwest. You can go, and I, I if you, if you relate it to California, it'd be like going to Old Head's like going to Sonoma or Napa. You know, the wine trip. It's gonna be like first class all the way. And and this going to Carnes like going to Big Sur, like do you <laughs> want to go camping? Do, you know, right. but if that's what you're into, which is what I'm into. More sorry, TC, yeah. not I don't have the refined palate that you do. But I'm going to Santa Barbara. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm thinking. Uh, Trying to be in the funk. Center. I want to you know it's kind of the the glamping or camping. You know, we're going hiking, waterfalls. Like it's you're out there, man. It's yeah. great. Neil's going to the Esalen Institute. <laughs> For sure, it's gonna be up in the Lost Coast. They do like naked. I, I, will, I will say it was, it was about a lot more than golf up there. Connor. Totally, I think that's a really well said way to put it because golf, when it runs together, is when there's nothing really differentiating one course from the next. And I, I completely agree. Like that was it. It just didn't. It felt like so much more than golf, which I know sounds cheesy. Or whatever, but it, the, it, it I'll, did. I'll make it worse. The way I walked off that course and I was like kind of struggling to describe it. And I think I said, I've never felt more connected with the earth yeah. than I did during that round because it's like my favorite game in the world is golf. And like that was one of the coolest topographies to do it on. And it, I hate, hate, hate this course was more found than designed. But this is the course that fits that description better than any other course I've ever played, I think. But if you lead like the, the, the hiking aspect to it or the cross country part of it if you lean into that like if you go into it knowing like i've got it i got my my bag on my back like we're we're grinding out here you know what i mean well like, you were you doing kinda, some serious like hiking along the yeah, ridges I, was, I, I mean i was <laughs> oh, off, i was like hitting it over into moon craters and stuff. but but then at some point i was like this is awesome sea of tranquility. Like, no one else is seeing this and, yeah. and like this is real, you know. I was like, it felt like I was seeing a part of the golf course well, that no one. I think had ever when seen. you adopt that mindset, and, and I know you can't do it every time because you can't. That's and, the, you got to get ready for that. That's where I think Randy's point is a good one on the weather and, and sure. conditions and all that stuff because that that's a big step towards feeling this way. But when you do feel that way, like all of a sudden there are no unfair golf holes in the world. There are no unfair shots. All of a sudden, it's just like, ah, hey, you know what? This is the challenge. It's like, the that's what it looks green. like. Yeah, it's the rub of the green. Because you got to just do it. When they, when they say, like, they didn't move Earth, like, they didn't move Earth. And some of the fairways look like, oh, this is kind of dumb, but, like, weirdly kind of doesn't come into play because the slopes are so dramatic. It just rolls all the way to the bottom. And Like, they didn't have the money to move Earth. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And they make, like, there's only, like, 20 bunkers on the whole course or something like that because that was the most expensive part. But I think it's important, and hopefully, for like, basically, for any course we ever talk about is kind of, setting the expectation like understanding the expectation because i the first time i went i read a uh, john garrity a longtime sports illustrator writer made this video and, and wrote a ton of stories about it, how it's his favorite golf course in the world and every year he grew up there right or he had family there no, he had or family there yeah. and he goes there for a year or sorry he goes there for a week and plays the course just on repeat he goes every year it's his favorite golf course in the world and he spoke about it in a way that just made me think like i'm about to experience this true hidden gems and I went and I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I went and had this expectation for it and it just kind of fell flat. So going the second time, my expectations were more leveled and I saw, I think, what he saw in that it was just brilliant. And I, it, but so, and another person telling me, this is the greatest golf course in the world, you got to go see it, that I had built it up too much in my head and didn't appreciate it for what it was. Understanding what it is, it kind of leads you to, I think, the experience that we had, which was like, this place fucks. My yeah. expectation was that it was going to be like the, the conditioning was going to be a lot shittier. Yeah. It was in really, really yeah, good shape. The greens totally. were smooth. 
Um, I was blown away by that element of it too. And I think, I mean, Lynx courses get a, a pass, a natural pass anyways. I know this is obvious, but they get a natural pass for slower, shaggier greens just because the greens are so wild. You yeah, know, it's like, so windy. And Karn was like the perfect example of that. Yeah, where it's, it's windy and the slopes are out of control. So it's like, if yeah, if you want to turn them up to 14, uh, then you're going to have six-hour rounds out there. So They also get a pass because like that's the – they not in Ireland, but like in the British house, they invented golf. Like that was <laughs> right. golf. We're the ones <laughs> that made true. the greens really fast. Like, <laughs> that's a good point. Can we talk about the back nine? Because that was like Please. teeing off on 10 and mm. – it's just it's like play, it's like big mountain snowboarding, you know, where you're like in the back bowls at Vail or like, you know, like <laughs> off piste at, at, you know, Chamonix or something like that. And you're just <laughs> trust on Tron. Dude, you haven't even been to Chamonix. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's wild. It's like it's like Deep it's like hole. it's like heli skiing in, uh, you know, you haven't done that Eastern either. Eastern British Columbia. I know. That's what I'm saying, man. It's like I, I watch dress these, for the job you want. I watch He's these on YouTube, man. I watch these videos, man. <laughs> Candide Thovex and uh, <laughs> Travis Rice and those guys. Travis Rice is a um, but uh, but yeah, like like ten. It was it was it was like, oh my god, this is well, this so par break five. Break it down specifically. Yeah, this is par five, and you're going again. Like you're like, all right, which fairway do I go down here? And then it. it it just kind of makes this S turn, and you can go at it, but you got to be. I mean, it's 50 yards wide the fairway, but you got to be. It's kind of a blind shot, and you're trying to figure out just where to get it up in this. It's like this cavern or this this big canyon, and uh, and yeah, that hole. And then, I mean, well, even on ten, so ten, you're hitting your either second or third shot into this. Like big ass, like it feels a like bold, a Roman like, a like amphitheater yeah. or something. You know, it's like this massive back wall where this dune is built. And the, again, it's another perfect example of like the dune was there, and they found the perfect place for the green, rather than you know trying to move a bunch of stuff and and manufacture something. And allegedly, people were saying that the the first hole at Dune Bag, which I think we all you know thought was pretty good, was kind of modeled after this. This par five, it's really similar. They feel really similar, but then once you see the one at Dunebeg first, you're like, "Oh, wow, that's a really that's a cool hole and good usage of this dune and cool framing and everything." And then once you f- see the the Carn one that it's modeled after, it's like it's almost like when you when you buy like a car or something, and you're like, you know, I, I feel like I don't really need like the top of the line thing. Like this is just like totally fine for me. <laughs> this this totally fits my needs. And then you like rent a car that's way nicer or whatever, and you're like, oh fuck, I didn't know it could do that. So, like that's <laughs> this is way better. Like I didn't want to admit it, but this is way better. That's how I felt about about that hole. That's number ten. Number ten at Carn. Yeah. So I I also want to call out the uh, sea of tranquility. Uh, basically blow out dune on the left everybody the foz bunker everybody hit it right and i was the only guy over there and i like crest this you took the like path this, less traveled it's like this 10 foot uh rise up and you're thinking like you know you have no idea you can't see over it and i get to the top and it was just like i looked down i'm telling you it was like 200 feet <laughs> and it was and it was like so far down that you it looked like it, is this 10 or 11 this is park? 10 okay like down the left and no and i was just looking around I was like no one else is seeing this. Yeah, man. I, didn't, this I didn't hit it over there. I didn't see. I missed that. <laughs> it was awesome. Neil, no one else is capable of hitting. Well, it there. and then I went down there, like I went all the way down, and I Neil, found the ball. And Neil, I had to hit like Neil a belayed lob wedge. down. <laughs> I hit a lob wedge, and I 
barely found it. Barely. <laughs> he took a donkey ride down to the bottom. Well, what was nice is once you camped the actually like in actually the heather was really tough at at Karn, but in some of the dunes. You could see the ball. It'd be like 500 feet down, like away from you. And you'd be like, well, I well, the, well there were a I lot of false it. false alarms where it was actually a snail. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's true, too. Yeah, that was there. that was frustrating for me specifically. Um, Which, so anybody that says, oh, man, these snails are endangered. Like, they didn't seem that endangered. There were millions of those snails <laughs> out there. They didn't seem that endangered out there. Um, but, like, I don't know, a feature like that that nobody's even really going to see Um but it's they just that was what the, that proves to me like that was what the land was like. But that's what I was gonna it was say. Like, yeah, let's just not even touch that. It over just there. speaks right. to just how badass the land is, even more than like how cool the golf course is, which I think gets us back to. It gets back to the you're point in a national like, park. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you know? I'm hiking. I'm like, yeah. oh, that what a what a feature that is. Yeah, right exactly. There. When we talked a lot about big dunes on this podcast, this is the biggest and the yeah. boldest <laughs> and the grandest, and there's so many of them. And you would think you get numb to it by the end of it, but it just kind of escalates and escalates and escalates. And you get to the 11th hole, which is like just yeah. dogleg right par four around, I can't estimate heights, somewhere between 70 and 1,000 foot high <laughs> dune. Like it's the biggest dune I've ever seen on a golf course. Coin, coin literally accidentally, allegedly hit it on the tippy top of that so did you on 11 did you <laughs> i had this great photo of him that i'll i'll share when the episode goes out just to show like the scale of this thing of him standing up there hitting down yeah 70 feet or whatever down to this, this it's awesome the coolest green. hero hole too you can play a really sensible shot out the left or you can cut off the dune and then the wind's coming off the yeah. right and you know and then the next hole was beautiful absolutely fantastic 12 almost yeah it was almost like a mini reverse version of 11 right yeah where it kind of curls around yeah. to the left around a smaller dune and uses uses the dune in the same cool way but feels completely different make calls for a different shot uh i really like 13 straight away par five kind of uphill out to the water yeah a, a lot like cows over to the right yeah, yeah, yeah cow like pastures on the right um and you know with the wind like you just got to hit like really, really solid straight golf shots. Yeah. And it just feels like it goes on forever. Um, 14 was the par three. Really right? Yep. Par three down by the par water. Three, which was just felt weird. I don't know, almost like Australia or something like just kind of weird, weird dunes and bunkers and just felt different. It felt like it fit with the rest of the course, but also felt completely unique. Well, the vibe changes out by yeah. the back corner of the property because yeah. you get close to the water and it's flatter and it feels, um, it feels a little bit more like kind of how Dukes felt with the some more pastoral. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. Less less dramatic with the yeah. dunes, but then you then you're heading back into them. Yep. I love the feeling of being on the edge of things, and that like at Bell in yes. Bell Mullet in Ireland, that like 14th hole feels like kind of the edge of the world. Yes, yeah. a little bit. To totally. Um, and then the 16th hole, 15th hole is a, a tremendous par four. 16th. You're perched up atop this dune, and like I can't, I, I can't wait for this episode because when you guys see the footage, like the drone footage of these guys teeing off on 16 and the dune that they're standing on, you can't like put it into perspective. 16 uh, might audio. be an example of like, is it is it a great par three? Like no, I mean probably not. No. It's just like a dead a circle green, and there's not much going on. But is it like completely dramatic and incredibly fun to play? 
Hell For yeah. Sure. I, 17 was, awesome. was so hard. It's so hard. That was the hardest was the Garrity hole, right? Garrity, John Garrity will come out and play the 17th hole 18 times and just try to par it. It's a, like a, a long <laughs> yeah, that was 460 really uphill par four doglegging to the So right. was 18. 18 was difficult, yeah. too. There was all this was land movement in the fairway. Five. You're getting bad lies. <laughs> land movement might be an understatement. Yeah. It's like a 100-foot like no, drop from the But I felt like the for most of the, of the course, the though, out there, like the, the difficult – aspects of our walks are in between holes yeah and if you miss the fairway obviously but like the fairways itself i felt like were pretty flat like i wasn't getting a ton yeah. of you know there was some like big like one side of the fairway would be up here but it would be the slopes are so dramatic that the ball rolls out yeah. and doesn't give you a ton of like uneven lines there was not, that's what i mean i didn't feel like too. i was hitting um with the ball below my feet a ton if i was in the fairway so right? that note on the ruggedness so when i when my dad and i played there several years ago the pathways between the holes were not what they currently are and it was exhausting, and like I, yeah. it was weird because I I kind of was obsessed with the pathways at Bally Bunyan and and Waterville and some of the ones we had in between holes. They had these beautiful grass walkways, and it seemed like a, a like a weird thing to compliment. But when we got to Carn and we we're walking through the like dunescape so up and down a push the hills, cart or something. push carts like it was ex- truly exhausting. But now on a lot of them, they have like this turf in between some of the holes. And Coin looks at it, he points out, he goes, "Look at that turf right there. It's green, beautiful green turf." Look, see that white stripe there, and like there's random white stripes. It's like they got that from uh, a local soccer field. Like a, it's like a, it's like a community project that yeah, golf totally. course almost. And they got the turf probably donated from. Yeah, a local we'll take soccer that turf. Field. <laughs> yeah, and you guys don't want throwing that, that away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll take it. And so that like eliminated one of the I guess issues with the golf course, and it's just kind of like patching yeah. it together. And that's what that's what like when you, it's weird to say, and I don't think this is unique to just us or the access we get. And like we all kind of walked away saying it feels really great to go to a place where your presence matters. Yeah. And I mean that in like for every paying guest, like was gonna get that kind of treatment. They do it's like sixty five hundred rounds a year, maybe. And like they for them, like the difference between four thousand and sixty five hundred is like the difference in staying uh, open and away and alive. So it's 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 yeah, it's like a place that I wanna encourage people, couldn't encourage harder than That's you what, need to go. When, to. when Coin said that, um on the way up there, I thought that was interesting too. It's like it matters if you show up. Yeah. Here. Yeah, it's no different than going to, you know, a really good like, Trilly is a really really awesome restaurant that's packed every night, and it should be because it's great. But isn't it way more fun to go to some hidden gem that nobody knows about that you know could close its doors if if the right people don't find out about it or whatever? Like it's yeah, it feels good to do that kind of stuff. I want to go back. Eighteen was one of the best coolest finishing holes i've ever played it was really it's either really layups it's a par five you either lay up to 150 yards and have a basically a flat angle over this giant dip or go for the green and carry all this stuff and risk being you know in a milk carton to, to shout out the x games again it felt like the um what's the event that sean palmer used to win with the snowboarding where they like hit the rollers you know sean, sean white no, Sean, no Palmer. Sean Palmer. Sean Palmer? Yeah. yeah. He was oh. like the goat way back in the day. You know what I'm talking about where they race down the hill? Border X. Border X. Yeah. Yes. That's what that <laughs> hole felt like. It was like you start up here and it's like, you know, like rollers yeah. and then it banks and then it rollers again and then everyone's racing into the finish. Anyway. I like it. The best part was, you know, like we, we go in, we get some Guinness at lunch with Fiona and Jerry Maguire. Uh, and, and Jerry used to... Be Jerry starts in, yelling, has to show him the money. <laughs> <laughs> be down in Dublin. Like he, he he worked out in Dublin, and then he had vacationed 
up there and ended up just moving up there. And he's like, and he's now the, you know, like the president of the club and Fiona's the general manager. And they're kind of going through their budgets and their finances and everything and saying like, you know, like, yeah, if we get another hundred rounds here, we can do this. It makes it very, very real. Yeah. So if we, if we get this, you know, exactly. If we get another hundred rounds, like we can hire somebody, we can hire another greenskeeper and like, this is going to improve by this much. And, well, or we can get another mower or we can get whatever. It's and I awesome. think, so they had talked about, like, they kept talking about the Kilmore nine. Um, oh, God. And they had let it go fallow for last year when they hit the huge drought. Yeah, they just couldn't water it and they couldn't. And, um, and so, you know, we, we, we kind of keep hearing about it and everybody's like, man, that, that nine up there is really wild. Like, it's gimmicky. Like, I don't think, you know, you'll probably like some of the holes, but like, you know, it's just too wild. It was the original, like, for the original course they designed, it was deemed the part of the property that was too dramatic. To put golf unusable, holes. unusable, and like the back nine challenge accepted. The, the back nine is already insane, and then they you look at that and you're like, oh, there's more dramatic stuff. Yeah. And, and coin so they, and coin hadn't played it yet either. So they built was, it since he had been there, which is cool because he had you know he had written famously written this book about playing every links in Ireland. This was a new one. It opened in 2013, uh, and this was uh, the only one he hadn't played. It us. was a brand new. He was like he was giddy about it. He's like, I can't believe I get to play like. There's a new one yeah. I've never played. You guys realize how cool this is? There was a, a, the perfect, the way I kind of like think of it is, all right, here's our 18 holes. Like front nine's tame-ish. Like there's some self dramatics. Back nine's pretty exciting. If you like that, all right, we got nine more. <laughs> now don't judge us off this other nine, but we got the craziest shit you're ever going to see. You might get lost between holes. You might, the holes, some of them don't make any sense. You're going to play a par five with a second shot over maybe the second biggest dude on the entire property and you're going to go have fun and you're going to love it. And it's like golf on acid. It, it, was, felt, it felt like looking at a, you know, an artist when after an artist dies and they, they go through like their basement. Yeah. Like, whoa. Like what the fuck was he thinking about this one? <laughs> no wonder he never well, released I, this. So this it was my favorite way out there. Favorite nine. But I also think we played scotch foursomes. Yeah. Which, which I was think was huge. Very helpful there. Cause it's a, it was a fun math problem to solve with somebody else it was so the way scotch foursomes works if, if we haven't explained it is you have two-man teams both players tee off you take the best best drive and then play alt shot from there uh and it, it was so there was what eight of us out there seven of us seven of us Tom played his own ball that's right uh seven of us out there and playing team game on what i would say is easily the wildest golf holes i've ever seen in my life probably will ever see in my life and so yeah like you said it's a, it just feels like every single shot felt like holy shit neil like what are we doing here <laughs> man where we can't be here we have to be here we can't do this and when you play a, I would for sure recommend playing a, a different format or a more comfortable format because if you're playing your own ball you're you're gonna go shoot 55 well, well if that's your 27th hole or 20, your uh, yeah. third nine of the day. Yeah. That's the only because it is a rugged walk. and It's like, don't go keep score out there. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just go have fun. I, I do want to shout out the big guy um, for, I think, on the back nine. Randy or God? Randy. Oh. And God. Shout out. Um, you, I think you shot like one over that round? No, it was probably a few more strokes, but I played really well. You, I mean, you, yeah. you were balling out. No, I think you, because you, you birdied. I remember we came off that 18th and you were like, man, I just. Shot like 37 or 38. Yeah, you you, yeah. you yeah. golfed it. It was the best I've seen. On that trip, it was the best I saw you play. It could be the best I've ever seen you play. Yeah. So well, I, wanted, and I wanted to rec recognize that. I want to go folks. back and do do a little composite course there because I think they have they can weave 
that Kilmore because some of the best holes in the entire property are on that Kilmore knot, and they can weave those in, and it would be, could be, be like, nasty. Like that would be one of the I'd best just like I've to ever played. Play the back is the front, and the Kilmore is the yeah. back. I think the only the only hole worth really kind of like breaking down is. I forget what number it was, but the par five. The Mad Max hole? The Mad Max hole was, picture a, just because I'm not sure, you know, whatever, sometimes things don't translate to video or or whatever, but it it was basically the Klondike, like a really long version of, really long, really big version of the Klondike. Is that fair to say? Which is the fourth hole the hinge, yeah. And yeah, you have to drive it in between, again, like every, all day, like the dunes are just getting bigger and bigger. So you got to drive it between, the biggest dunes in the world, and then all of a sudden you're like, you're looking at it, you're like, okay, I, where are we supposed to go? Because all I'm seeing around me is a 70-foot dune in every direction. <laughs> and you eventually start to piece together, like, okay, I think I have to go directly over this one, or I got to play it out to the left. Or, or The Kilmore's an adventure. It's like an adventure Completely. book. Yeah. Like, you're like, you, pick this, you pick a yeah. page, and you're yeah. like, I don't know where this but is going to lead. But then after you hit it over that dune... There's a big reveal with the yes. with the ocean again, yeah, and yeah. the pastoral lands yeah, that we exactly. talked about earlier. All right, we're gonna got two more to go here. Uh, County Sligo, Randy, why don't you take us there? Yeah, Sligo. Um, it was the first nine holes were laid out in 1894. Um, it extended to 18 holes in 1906, but then it really, you know, got put on the map, so to say, in 1927 when uh, Harry Colt came in for a big redesign of it it it's in um it's it's obviously in county sligo the the course is ross's point which i asked tom coin about mr ireland and i was like hey tom why did why do they you know do people call it ross's point do they call it county sligo like why do they call it ross's point and he told me in like the most deadpan like serious manner he was like yeah uh david schwimmer came over in like the late 90s and just like loved the course and everybody around town like kept like seeing him and it created this big buzz tell me this and it like and then it like clicked to me i'm like damn dude like you can't like you can't mess with me like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm like hanging on every word. Yeah, me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so injured. Like, really? And I'm like, God, Tom, come on. Um, so anyway, County Sligo. Just kidding, it was Rick Ross. Ross's point, yeah. Uh, I, the, the, the word that, that comes to my mind is just stately. Like, it was such a just prim and proper golf course i thought i i loved it is there anything that happened there that made you think it was stately and prim and well uh, yeah and i'll (laughs) let you guys the the you know what happened on the first tee box is something that you know i know we'll never forget we've we've spent a lot of this podcast saying like this isn't about the access we get that we're saying like this would be true of anybody blah 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 this might be different yeah i don't think yeah we show up and they're like hey we've um you know we've got we're, we're going to serenade you a little bit on the on the first tee as as you boys tee off. I'm like, what? Like, Which I didn't even know golf courses had men's choirs. Well, yeah. So County Sligo, I think, might be like one of the only courses yeah. with a, a men's choir uh, in their membership. And so these, I don't know, 25 to 30 guys ranging from our age to 80 years old, they're in their blazers, um, a couple guys playing instruments, and and – they line up on the first tee box. They they got friends and family there watching them sing, <laughs> and they sing one traditional song of theirs, I believe, 
And then they sing. I thought they hit ours first. They hit us with the shock value they, first. They wrote a song yeah. for No Laying Up, which was that's a life a it's, life thing. It was called no, no Nay Never Lay Up, I think, right? Yeah. Well, which, I, I had it in my head for the rest. Oh, I still, still have it. Head, yeah. Well, hey, we're gonna do it to you right now. We're gonna play the audio and get it stuck in your head. So that was the scene on the first tee, which is absolutely incredible. Um, in the first tee, just to try to paint a picture, it's you can kind of see the town. I thought it was gorgeous. You know, you, you have this little picturesque Irish town, uh, Yates Country, the oh. the famous Irish poet, and there was he, the rock out there that he would. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the rock. About. Bill uh, Ben Bulbin. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's just this panoramic 360-degree view of what I think of, like, just gorgeous Ireland. And so, yeah, that sends us off the first tee. I, I didn't I didn't tee off in that group immediately after the serenade. I did. <laughs> I teed off first. And I, So I wanted to ask you guys, like, were you nervous? Yes. Was that- I, I got to think, there's a few things in my life I regret. When you look back on them, that might be one on the list. I I, I had a left miss there. I duck. I almost hit a car, <laughs> and it was not good. And to I, be I, clear, I, that's the inward part of the course. That's not where the parking lot is. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a road. It's, okay. it's a you know road goes through the the fairway, and the this car like right as I'm taking the club back comes comes from the left. And no, no, never, no more. <laughs> I just got really really quick, and uh, yeah, just I wish I had that tee shot back. I played after Neil, and so I was freed up, and <laughs> I was <laughs> pretty stress free at the fairway. Yeah, yeah. But that moment of, on the first tee was like, again, this isn't integral to anybody else's experience, but it was it was so surreal to, to be like, yeah. And I know that it's like it's great for them. It's on video. It's for great publicity for the club and and things like that. And that's like why they did it. But it was also just had this charm to it of like these guys on, on a, a Tuesday. They're getting ready to go to work. Probably it's like seven fifty in the morning. Very cold. They're extremely cold. They get up in the morning. They put their blazers on and sing to a bunch of American lads that are come over come over to play their club. But the pride that they have in their club, like oh, it's not a to to kind of almost take back what I just said. It's not a marketing thing. It's like they are there to show us their club and show it off and have us make us have a great experience. Yeah. Some of them came out and walked a few holes with us later and like wanted to hear more about us and stuff. And it was just it had. It just oozed charm. It I mean, was I think awesome. All of us have probably been to places where 
the locals are in, all of us have probably been to places that are completely dependent on tourism where the locals are so resentful yeah. of tourists and just like dependent on them but hate seeing them and this was completely the opposite yeah. this was like hey we really need you guys and we really really appreciate that you're here and we're happy to hear your story and you know all that stuff. Sligo so. was actually the one course we played on the back half of the trip where I didn't felt like, like, I didn't feel like there was any sort of they needed us from a visitor yeah, just basis. Me, as, the, a, because as a whole, I guess. Of uh, all the clubs, that one yeah. seemed on really good financial yeah, yeah. standing. And it was, I was kind of fascinated by Ross's point or the, the town, like the town of, like, is the yeah. town of Sligo down, down the road there, um, where it seemed like there was like a, a university in there and there was some good. There was a lot going on there. It was a cool place. This was the one point in our trip that we were a bit a bit rushed. It was near the end too. It sucked. We didn't really get to enjoy Sligo. We were, we were off to Enniscrone later that evening. But uh, man, that, that golf course had some standout standout golf yeah. holes. It had a feature. The sixth hole is the little short part for it. it. Had a little like a moat feature around the green. It was just like a little little gully that really affected the way you play the hole. A, it was the a most, dry moat. A dry moat. It yeah. was like one of the most. It, I still think about it because I've never seen that anywhere else. Uh, and I thought five was five was one of the most subtle, cool. Is that the one with the burn up the right side? That's the long par five or the short it's part. Really five. short part. Short part five. Four fifty. I think there was or, a, no four. What, what was the one with the, the the little kicker on the left? That was six. Six. Oh, that was six. six. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then yeah. seven was the one with the big, big, big the burn. Big, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, Sorry. That's quite all right. Um, three. That downhill dogleg left par five was incredible. Yeah. I mean, that was. It was just, it, I think I said this when we were there, it felt like Nairn to me. Just had a Nairn say, vibe to God, it. It felt so Scottish. Yeah. Of all the courses we played, it, it didn't have the wild ass dunes. It was way more rolling. You could see the villages and stuff. Other than like going up the hill on one and two, it was pretty much flat. Yeah, exactly. The whole but way. they did a, an awesome yeah. job of and making then, it well, interesting. Well, no, and then 16, I think, the yeah. par five or par four that goes up to the 17. Left. 17. 17. Yeah. That was a tough hole. It was. Yeah. yeah. So. I kind of have problems with, like, I know it was flat, but I thought there was so much more interesting stuff going on with the greens than at Nairn. Yeah, I think that's the trade-off, right? It's like if the, if the golf course is flat, the greens are usually wild. And I think those were the, a, the best greens we played. It was such oh, a was handsome. From, from a, yeah. like, the way they roll, if, you know, quicker, less, less uh, linksy. It was such a handsome, classy, like, proper golf course and this is the one that sticks out and of course ratings are 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 what they are but at least within doke's confidential guide like the one that stand stood out seven eight seven seven were the four ratings that went to him and that's extremely high praise for, yeah. from tom doke it, it, but it just doesn't it, it's more it's subtle it's quiet it's it's not it's not big and uh, bold in any way it's just kind of a nice calm soothing touch yeah and it's one that you know if we were lucky enough to be members at any of the places and play there every day, like I think that would be at the top of my list. Yeah. You know, like For Valley sure. Bunyan is phenomenal. It's a bucket list item, but like, would I want to go get punched in the mouth there every day? Like, I don't think so. But well, there just, I could. Yeah, it's the amount of tourists that go through that yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, this one's just had a more club kind of feel. The only other so. thing worth mentioning on on uh, Sligo before we move on is probably the the West of Ireland Championship that they have every year, which they have a really cool history. All these courses have have cool club histories and cool kind of club rooms and stuff. And uh, they have the West of Ireland, this this amateur golf tournament there every year. And so they've got the whole list of winners, and it's awesome to just see all the people who have won on that golf course before. Everyone from Rory to 
Rory's caddy. Yeah, Harry <laughs> shout out Harry Diamond. Yeah, and uh, also our guy Ken Carney, right? who's also a great player in his own right. A great player in his own right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the part the par threes there were really like, they were exceptional. Yeah, they were, like four. Um, the one down the down the hill with the burn and back. Mm-hmm. Was that twelve or thirteen? Uh, the yeah, par thirteen. I think yeah, it was with 13, massive the green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. Show. that's going to be heavily featured on the thirteen. Video. Yeah. yeah. I thought the par fives were good. I thought you were going to say the par fives. Twelve. That par too. five was. Stunning. There's only three of them, I believe, but yeah. they're all. Um, the one wonky hole was 17. Where you got to drive it, it down. A really hard hole. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then the fairway runs out, and then you got to hit this long shot straight up the hill. Yeah, yeah it's like a three wood or five yeah. wood up the hill. I thought 18 was probably on the, my my list of favorite finishers for the trip too. It's blind tee shot over this massive ridge. And then you're playing your approach kind of straight down, overlooking the town, looking at kind of like the bay that's there, and it was but just, with a wedge really in your cool. hand, with a wedge, yeah. which is a nice yeah. way to finish. Yeah, it's not a yeah, it's yeah. Not a three wood into. The only cool thing too, we literally finished like minutes before a torrential <laughs> downpour, so which we, affected our experience later that afternoon. Uh, yeah, um, but we we got some really really good weather. All right, last course of the trip, Enniscrone, Randy. Yeah, so Innescrown, um I mentioned it. This was our only 36-hole day. Um, and I think by the end of it, we were, we were a little worn down. I, by the end of it, I was like, okay, this is, this is it. This is the last round. I'm kind of ready to be done. Yeah, it wasn't the easiest of walks. It, it made for it, – it, it was a tough day. Um, I think there are some diverse opinions on Innescrown, not necessarily like bad opinions, but um, it was, you know, founded in 1918, so – rather uh, old by Irish standards. Another Eddie Hackett uh, design. It To me, it's like a tale of two nines. I think the front nine is, it's relatively flat. It's, I, there are some really good holes and we, we can get into them. Uh, but then you you make the turn in the, in the back nine, you get really kind of wild dunescapes and, and a lot more funky holes. Um, to me, it kind of felt like the back nine was almost like a carn light, uh, like a diet carn, uh, almost some of the, at least some of the holes, um, a little less cocaine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Substitute the cocaine with NutraSweet. Or, or <laughs> aspartame. It was carn, carn zero. But those were some of the most dramatic dunes that we played. Yeah. There's like a weird kind of. People like some people were tweeting us. Oh, Enniscrone's got bigger dunes than Karn. Karn, oh, Karn. And it's like, guys, let's not fight over this, please. <laughs> they're both good. Yeah, they're both good. So uh, yeah, I, I know. I, I don't know if you want to break down a few of the holes. I mean, I, I, I think kind of my I, this is my first time seeing Enniscrone. Um, I was surprised that I going into the day I would have thought I would have been more impressed with Enniscrone than Sligo. I thought maybe it was just kind of after, like you said, it's Diet Karn. After seeing Karn, like that kind of style of wild and in the dunes, I wasn't maybe not ready for that. Uh, and we've talked about this some kind of while we're here too. It's like, can you? How well can you separate how you played with the golf course? I was gonna say it, conditions were tougher. Conditions were yeah. tough. Like that was it was when a, we really got it was we got hit hard, with some wind and rain. Hard golf course. Too. Yeah. And like I, I just didn't have like nearly the same fun that I did at something like Karn. The yeah. front nine was it's like old farmland. Too. So you see the dunes, you're like, God, I want to go play in there, yeah. but like we're out here. Uh, and you could tell they've messed with the routing over the years. Like they've switched the routing up to where you literally don't know which way to go 
on, on like after some of the you know after some of the greens um but i did you know it did start to pick up steam on the back nine a little bit uh i thought the what was that like the downhill par four 12 where it had the motion sensor mm-hmm. oh 13 yeah, yeah that, that was, was awesome. that hole was phenomenal I well, that was cool. Was so I, cool i was even gonna say i enjoyed the two par fours nine and ten along the beach yeah, um, I thought that was both of them. Was that why? <laughs> well, I was gonna say your boy kind of played well at Innistrad too. Um, <laughs> but I, no, I just thought it was kind of a cool setting. Um, I don't know those those holes stick out to me. But then, yeah, some some really wild uh, holes. The the one nitpick I have is like without none of us had seen it before. Um, I guess Coin had been there, but he, he helped some. But but the the yardage book, yeah. For, for how like blind and and kind of crazy a couple of the the shots are on the back nine, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I I thought the yardage book could be a little better detailed to to help you out because twelve um, it didn't line us up properly. Yeah, yeah. We lost it, like you, the the angle that it showed in the book wasn't quite yeah. the angle that it played at. Um, it was hard to hit shots in that part of the property too, and like from the group behind, there's 12? somebody yelling. Found it. <laughs> well, no, actually, 12, I'm twelve. God, we had. I, 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 thought, I literally thought the hole was going, going. It was a dog leg right. It was a complete dog leg left. So, <laughs> I hit this massive cut. I'm like, oh, that's that's golden. We had had like a three minute conversation about it before before Neil hit the ball. I was like, yeah, dude, it's you know, here's here's what the hole does, and uh, you're gonna be want to you're gonna want to go right at that dune. I think he'd been talking to somebody else. And I, I don't think so pal and then well, he I was stood up and mentally fried by and that he just point. like yeah like you said it it snaps hard to the left like you know a, but it looks almost like it could degree just like. as likely have gone and, right and neil just starts it at this dune that i'm talking about and i think he's gonna hit a draw and he hits a massive cut and he's like oh that's perfect I'm like that's <laughs> dead you're not gonna find that and so then I'm like the hole goes the, that way what are you talking about but i i think for ennis grown for me it was if you took Sligo and you took and you took Karn and you put them together, it was kind of like right. It was kind of like right in the middle. So, for when you look back, you're like, well, I'd probably rather play Karn, and I'd probably rather play Sligo. You, you know what, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? It, it kind of had like a little bit of both. Like the front nine felt like Sligo, the back nine felt more like the dramatic Karn vibe. Um, Some of the two takeaways I had were the finishing stretch. Was really was really good. It was really yeah. good. Yeah, I was. Like, I'm glad you 15, said that. 15, 16, 17, 18 was like whoa. That it's was beautiful. 16, 17 too. specifically. Yeah, I thought were. Um, and then the, world. the hospitality was great too. Like you could mm-hmm. tell, like cool town and um, cool club, cool cool clubhouse, yeah. dining room, grill room stuff. Pretty pro. Yeah. Um, Neil and I went to the Enniskron pitch and putt right before too, uh, where they they had an old seven. I think a, I think like an old seven thirty seven or yeah, they were just yeah. an old plane out there. It was kind of like a big boy. Putt putt course. Shout out to Randy. Uh, but and then also, so we had a birdie game going. Yeah, that which that made we'll, the day a lot, a lot more. We fun. can't. It's going to be. Yeah. We're no, we're not going to spoil it. But that's going to make it was. Uh, it was a, a dramatic finish. It was a dramatic. It was fun. Finish. Like that was. That's one I would uh, kind of encourage people to to take up. It's a weird game. We've never done it before, but we didn't have a a real good like running, you know, kind of you versus me game going on. But we basically all pitched in however many dollars at the beginning of the week and it was whoever makes the last birdie of the trip no it was for every birdie that was made oh that's right that's everyone right, that's right. pitched in a euro yeah so we ended up with i don't know how many in the 90s or something birdies made on the trip 
and uh, then the person that makes the last one gets plus, the whole plus, pot. Plus five for eagles. So yes, I think right. we were up over we were up over five hundred euro. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, it takes the whole pot, which was pretty suspenseful way to do it. So kind of winner take all sweeps. It was a sweepstakes. It was. I th- I just want to mention two things. This was our final golf round of the trip, and so I was begging our bus driver Mike to like one caddy for me, which he wasn't going to do. <laughs> But then come and like ride in the cart with me, which he obviously didn't want to do that either. Uh, but he did we, come we out. We didn't take carts, but take a, for him to take a cart. For him out. to take a cart, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he did come out to the 18th green when the the birdie game was kind of culminating, uh, and I did get him to hit a shot he with did. one of my clubs. Congratulations! Yeah, um, shout out Mike. God, Mike's the man. I think for me, Ennis Crone was, again, it's hard to measure the fatigue factor at the end of it and whatnot, but it's just the one that it didn't quite capture me. It just didn't have the, the charm fully. I just wasn't fully engaged with, with that golf course as I was some of the previous ones on the trip. We also so. birdied, our group birdied, three out of the four of us birdied, and Randy had like a yeah. eight-foot birdie putt too. Like, so it was kind of like, oh, shit, like maybe we're going to close this trip yeah. out right and then just get we did not. punched in the face. It was a little, a little funky. I mean, I, I, I get, but like Karn is also funky, and I really enjoyed it. And I don't know why it's different for but me. Then after, but. so we we finished that round, and I was like, man, I'm so ready to not play golf tomorrow. And then I didn't play golf the next day, and the day after that, I was like, man, I wish I was yeah playing golf again. Like if we had uh, to <laughs> your thirty six like, old day, if yeah. we t- had taken a day off, yeah, or had had played that the next day on its own, yep. I think would have been different. It'd be a, a great course different. to play with a local. That and then B, we met up with uh, Philippe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Big NLU fan, friend of the friend of the pod from uh, originally from France, now lives in Dublin. But yeah, really you good never player. Know, you know, you never know who you're going to run into uh, out at these places. So it's, he was like, we've said a hundred times. Slenderman. I, I was going to say he was in the Slenderman <laughs> tribe. Yeah, I think every we've said this a hundred times, but every every fan interaction uh, we've had out there, I think, has been a, a positive one. So shout out Philippe too. Listening. Major driver demons. He was yeah. telling me about. He was, like he six, was hitting iron like six iron off the tee. He like yeah. was like play, came to, first hole he played was a par five and he hit six iron off the tee. Yeah. I was like, dude, but then he had he, no laying up towel too. He, he ripped one on yeah. eighteen. Uh, but he said the mental miss. He's like the problem with the mental miss, like he, it doesn't really apply to the driver. Like I, I can't like mentally miss a driver. I was that's like, true. Yeah, that's, that's it's a tough. The <laughs> I was like, listen, a that's a tough scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this up quickly. Want to mention one thing? Uh, we were supposed to play nine holes at Mulranny. Uh, we regrettably missed this. We that was another day we just tried to cram too much in. We our our third nine at Carn started way later than we thought, and we just weren't able to make it. This was it's a nine hole course from 1896. Uh, it's kind of like it was supposed to be like our Brora or Cullen on this trip. They got greens that are protected by wire fences, keeping the sheep off them, uh, and it was like maybe the course that was most important to the course that we visit, and we didn't. Like We felt horrible about it. It just did not work with our itinerary. Um, we had just bare, barely overbooked ourselves. So we painfully regret it. The pictures look awesome, and it looked like the exact vibe of a, a chill evening nine holes that we were looking for. And if you're ever on that route, we do suggest you check it out. Send us some pictures because we want to see them. We, did, we missed out on it, and uh, we're going to try to make that place happen uh, sometime in the future. Again, that's Mole Ranny. So please do get a chance to check that out. Also want to give a shout-out to uh, the, where we stayed. We didn't really break down much on the itinerary front. Um, I can run through that pretty quickly. Uh, we stayed at uh, Trump International Golf Links at Dunebeg, 
And then uh, for our round at La Hinch, we stayed overnight at the Spanish Point House. Which delightful. was 10 out of 10. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was a nice day. Absolutely delightful. You'll see some of these, uh, depending on how the editing process goes, you'll see some of these, obviously, in the tourist sauce season. Uh, next, we stayed at Adair Manor when we, uh, when we visited there. Listen, uh, that was probably 10 uh, out of 10. Also, <laughs> that was very nice. 15 yeah. out of 10. Really nice. That was like real, like real world big city 10 out of 10. <laughs> the Strat Boys, oh, I didn't know what to do. I, yeah, I didn't, know you, I didn't know you could have a place yeah. like that. Uh, we at Valley Bunny, we stayed overnight at the Cliff House Hotel. Shout out to them because it was still standing after that storm rolled oh through gosh, that night. Yeah. 80 mile an hour. Great, storm Hannah. I love great restaurant, the, great I was going to say, I love the bar in there. Yeah. Yeah. They had to put two by fours up to keep yeah. the windows Yeah, the windows were going to blow out with the wind that came in uh the brook lodge in killarney that was awesome i was yeah, really impressed that was with killarney. really cool we yeah, killarney great was time. great we didn't have a lot of uh you know in scotland you have a lot of these kind of like walkable villages and stuff we didn't have a ton of that in ireland but in killarney that was we perfect. did you know brook lodge was a great place to set up just set up shop and and if you could make some driving day trips to places you could come back to killarney and go to uh Go to Reedy's in the evening and oh. just absolutely tie one on. Reedy's and then the ice cream place. And the ice cream place, yeah. yeah. Oh. But yeah, Brook Lodge, very uh, centrally located. Four-minute walk to yeah, all exactly. that. It was, that, it that was, was a perfect. great spot. Um, in Bell Mullet, we stayed at the Broadhaven Bay Hotel. Uh, there's not a lot of options out there. There is, It is, again, out there, but that was a nice day. The Grand National Hotel in Ballina. Uh, or Ballina. 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 Uh, which we <laughs> were corrected many times by Mike. Um that was a good jumping off point for our rounds at Enniscrone and Sligo. So it was a really pretty, pretty hotel too. They had yeah. a really cool lobby with the piano and just yeah. uh, a lot of cool stuff going nice on. Dinner. There. They also had yeah. like yeah. a nice, nice restaurant uh, attached. Formal dancing party, like uh, going on. Like, did you peek your head in there? Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty cool. <laughs> they were doing like like legit cotillion dancing. Really? Yeah. From there, it was a two-hour drive to Shannon, and our trip was over. So I think that's successfully about three hours worth of Ireland pod. So uh, hopefully this helps if you're looking to plan a trip to Ireland. If you have any questions, uh, don't reach out to us because we already went through everything we know. And, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Shout out quick to our guy Mike, the driver. He drives for Jay O'Callaghan and Sons. Um, the real MVP. And if, if you do and if you, you know, engage Jay O'Callaghan and Sons services, Request Mike. You <laughs> absolutely will not be disappointed. And bring some Rod Stewart CDs. <laughs> and bring some Rod Stewart CDs offering. for him. The, the bus was... That was a highlight. Yeah. Awesome. That was yeah. very nice. That was awesome. And then shout out again. If you're looking for uh, uh, someone to help you plan your trip to Ireland, experience Ireland golf, we couldn't have had a better experiences, uh, and a, a better experience with that. Thank you to Tom Kennedy for organizing all of this and everyone that played a part in hosting us along the way. And it's fun to reminisce on this because this, this was a extremely memorable trip. We're getting better at planning these things. We didn't overdo it until like the very end. I we think. are. And I think the reason that we're getting better at planning these is because we're outsourcing some of the planning. Yes. You know, <laughs> that's to someone like true. Tom. And that's where, you know, it's, it's easy to, to, it's a lot of work to schedule one of these. If you want to do it by yourself, it's, it's very possible to do so. But, uh, something like experience Ireland really like takes the guesswork out of it and, and just make sure you're going to have, it's, it's a once in a lifetime trip for a lot of people. Right. So it's like, you know, spending a little more money to, to have a group organize it for you. Just, I think ensures that it's, it's going to be a grand slam. We so. gave him a pretty specific list of courses that we wanted to play and he figured out a way to make it happen and make sure that we weren't overdoing it. Like yeah. He was the reason we didn't overdo it. Yeah. Yeah. We could have got ourselves in yeah. trouble quickly. Yeah. Quickly before we wrap, if you had to play one round of golf tomorrow, what would you at one of the courses be played? What, what would you, what course would you choose? Weather dependent. If the weather's good, I play the Kilmore Nine. If the weather's bad, I play the Hinch. 
I think I'd say the exact same thing. I think maybe just because I just talked, it was one of the ones I was supposed to talk about. I would love to go walk County Sligo. Um, yeah, between those three, I think Lahinch, Sligo, like Hinch, Sligo, and Carn. I'm gonna go Sligo. Hmm. That place was place spoke to me. I'm gonna go Lahinch. I think we're probably maybe a little clouded by our experience at Bally Bunyan being the hardest conditions we could have had for yeah. it. Like if we got a nice sunny day there, that of course is absolutely amazing. I think we may think differently, but uh, Lahinch is the one that stuck out to me the most on this one. Carn is close second, but. Karn is very weather-dependent, I think, too, as well. So, good answers. All right, let's leave it at that. Thank you, everyone. All right, that's a wrap on that. And stay tuned for uh, Tour Sauce Season 4 coming this fall. Cheers. Crack on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect any 